The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Building the Board, where I, Robert Schmitz, am here with Danny Meehan, as we're going to go through 10 running backs, starting with some of the most fabulous players in this class. So, Danny, I won't waste any time. Let's talk about the starlet of starlets, one of the best athletes in this draft class, regardless of position. Tell me about B. John Robinson. So, Bijan Robinson, 21 years old, six feet, roughly 222 or so pounds. We don't have an official measurement yet because we've only got the college stuff. Um, but after, I think I watched three games of him, and the first thing that came to mind is he's an instinctive, natural, just an all-around versatile running back who can do pretty much anything and everything that's asked of him to do. He has natural fluid footwork, and he can get himself in and out of tough situations with the best of them. He has what I would call terrific mind-body connection, which for those who might not know is basically proper reception, the ability to feel yourself in space and what's around you. He has this like innate ability to just know what's going on when he's playing football. And it's, it's almost natural, but only the best athletes in the world, amongst the best athletes in the world, really have this sort of like connection that I'm describing with mind and body. He has he, he's able to tie together moves. He's got about jump cuts, jukes, spin moves. He's big and powerful with these big, thick legs, and he's got really good top end speed. And he, to boot, he does finish physically as a as a tough runner. Um, and you'll see he actually is pretty good on wheel routes and stuff out of the backfield. I wouldn't say he's like some sort of savant wide receiver at the running back position, but he does offer some versatility there. And his hands are seemingly pretty natural it doesn't look like he's ever fighting against the ball or anything if i had to really nitpick on him and it's hard for me to really like say oh Bijan robinson the guy who's probably a top 15 20 player in this entire class it's one of those things like he has the saquon barkley thing where he does tend to want to bounce like because he's such a good athlete he'll bounce a lot and he's only a decent blocker what and he it's seemingly like that's not something he wants to do and then you have to like he and this kind of goes with the bounce. I and mean, he relies a lot on natural gifts a lot of times not, instead of being a true football player. That's a great way to put it. I feel like a lot of these super talented players, Danny, don't have to figure out the the ins and outs of football until they're really challenged. And I'm not even certain that Bijan's really been challenged quite yet. If there's one thing I'm not even really worried, like I guess just 
knowledgeable about. It's the fact that Bijan played a very heavy, heavy role in Texas's offense here in his junior season, taking 258 carries. And every football carry in a player's life is one carry that they won't get back. But I mean, when that's what we're talking about, this guy is as good as you're going to get, like you're talking about, when the comparison is that he plays similar to Saquon Barkley. We're talking about a special, special football player. Will he end up being praised as a running back well worth the first round pick? That's a question for the NFL to figure out. But Bijan has put himself in that position where he has earned it. Let's put it that way, right, Danny? Mm -hmm. Running, We're talking about running backs. It's going to be a complicated conversation. Is the running back worth the pick that we say they are? That's a good question. But the running back themselves has played their way into the point where them Bijan drifting past pick 20, 25 is going to make a lot of teams very, very, very anxious to get their shot at him. You know what I mean? Right. Because special football players at the end of the day are special football players. Now, obviously, the wear and tear on the running back's body, given the nature of that position similar to the other position we'll be breaking down later in this series, linebackers. It's just not conducive to long careers with the level of athletes these guys are anymore, unless you're an absolute special freak of nature, a la Adrian Peterson. Absolutely. And speaking of somebody that's gotten a slightly lighter load, let's pivot now to who I think is easily the second best running back in the class, Alabama's Jameer Gibbs. And I mean, I'll start off with this one, Danny. You talk about Bijan Robinson and all the things he is. I feel like Jameer Gibbs is a totally separate player. If Bijan is your old school running back, Jameer Gibbs is what you get if you turned a third down back into just good enough at being the feature back that he is your feature back but he's got all that skill set to play whatever role you want him to if you split him out if you keep him in the backfield I know it's been said before but Alvin Kamara's role comes to mind I think Gibbs Mm -hmm. and Kamara are different actual players that Kamara is a little bit taller leaner than Gibbs is who's more of just a pure speed back in that sense Mm -hmm. but all the same that idea that he can play first second third down in the modern NFL is I think really critical to his value and he showed it all throughout this Alabama season where Alabama just didn't have the receivers to really give Bryce Young the chance to shine so Gibbs got his chance and showed that he's easily the best receiving back in the class I'm not really great with comparisons when it comes to running back. I just don't have the data log of guys that I know somebody like you does. But Gibbs, to me, is somebody that if he makes it to the mid-second round, I mean, I can be as, quote, analytics-focused as I want to. He's a really, really attractive pick, just given what he'll bring you, a la Austin Eckler and other receiving backs of that ilk. So that's actually who I kind of thought of when I watched Jameer Gibbs was Eckler a little bit, just bit bigger. Eckler's kind of shorter, smaller guy. Um, not like Gibbs is some sort of towering, huge individual, but he's bigger than Eckler is, you know? Um, but Gibbs, similar to what you were saying, he, to kind of flip the running back position on its head to where it seems to be going, where you almost want a de facto wide receiver playing running back who has game-breaking speed. He does have a natural – he's a natural football player, though. He He's decisive as a runner. He doesn't – really have much hiccup in his decision-making when he picks a lane or a hole, he kind of decides this is where I'm going. He's patient in what he's doing. And it's just, he, he doesn't really seem to, how do I describe it? He's a a little bit like 
jack of all, master of none, and kind of thing. Like he does a lot of things well, but what he where he butters his bread to use your term is in the receiving game and as a game breaking player who can kind of take the top off a of defense, whether it be coming out of the backfield or lining up as a wide receiver in the slot or out wide. Now you could nit, uh, again nitpicking one of the better running backs in this draft. Where's his awareness and pass protection? I don't know. He's kind of just ducking his head and guessing like, hey, let's do this for this time being. Something that's requisite if you're going to run between the tackles, like you're going to have to do if you want to be a quote-unquote every down back in the NFL is he lacks strength throughout his whole frame. He runs hard, but he just lacks overall power and strength. And then uh, sometimes his contact balance seems to waver. Like I don't know that, that maybe that's just the overall NFL strength and maybe you get him in an NFL weight program and start bulking him up just a little bit, strengthening him up. But I don't want to take away from what makes him special. You know, it's a it's a weird middle ground to kind of cover with him because you you want him to maintain that ability that he has where he's running away from people in the SEC, the fastest conference in the in, in college football, but you also want him to be able to take an NFL punishment and be able to break a tackle here or there. Absolutely. And we've got to move through our list, so we'll keep going. We'll talk more about Gibbs on another day. But let's talk about the third running back that we've got here with UCLA's Zach Charbonnet. I'll tell you what, I am crazy about him. What do you think? I adore Zach Charbonnet. I've said it with Mason West on bare bones. I've said it to you pre-show. He's the best fit for this Bears offense in the entire draft. It's fantastic to watch him. He's got top end speed. He's got a filled out frame. He's every bit of 220 plus pounds. And it's just, he's a patient, easy running back. Everything looks like he's almost not trying in a sense. Like, and he doesn't look fast either. It's like he's pulling away from people at top speed, but it doesn't look like he's working that hard to be at that top speed. Right. You know what I'm saying, Robert? Absolutely. And then, and then it's like one of those other things, like one of the biggest things for rookie running backs for them to get consistent, like run and tick in early in their careers is pass protection because it's such a pass heavy league. Charbonnet is aggressive and he is aware in pass protection, and he's willing to put a thump on a blitzing linebacker or an incoming defensive end because he's he's strong and because he's understanding of what his role is as a running back in the passing game. Um, and he's not a bad receiver, good, not great hands. He wasn't asked to do a lot in the way of running routes, but I don't think he's going to be a negative there in the way like Jordan Howard was, where it's just like, I don't want him doing anything in the receiving game ever. But and I just love his feet. Like, I, I think I even mentioned it to you, Preacher. He actually reminds me a good bit of the way Matt Forte played, where he's these, this big, upright running running back who just plays so much more fluid and smooth than that size would indicate, where you kind of think of a more clunky guy being that big and strong. Absolutely. It's funny you mentioned Jordan Howard. Again, not the same player at all. But imagine if Jordan Howard had feet that could just go pop, pop, and change direction up to 60, maybe even 75 degrees. And you've got a running back with the skill set of Charbonnet. I'm really, really impressed what he's able to do in the open field. Most importantly, pairing it with the north-south style that he has. But one more thing I'll say about him before we move on. I think out of all the running backs that I watched today, Charbonnet is the best at specifically picking and choosing the angle he takes to the hole to command and control the defenders beyond 
beyond the line of scrimmage. He's going to set linebackers up for UCLA's offensive line to get out and get their hands on him. And sometimes it frankly makes it look like Charbonnet is just running through open lanes. How hard could that be? And you've got to wonder, or why was the lane open? How did two linebackers somehow fail to understand where the hole was? And you watch the path Charbonnet took to get there, and you see he suckered them into position that his right or left guard could jump out to. Do you know what we call that, Robert? That's Tell called me. patience and anticipation. It's That's, sweet. It's it's awesome. When you get a guy who fully understands that at that position specifically, it's it's a thing of beauty. It's like a quarterback, in a way, throwing to where he wants his receiver to be right. versus where the receiver is. It's very, very, very natural for somebody like Charbonnet. Charbonnet, yep. And speaking of natural, let's talk about one of the highest recruited cl- players at a high school here, talking about former TCU running back, now Ole Miss running back, Zach Evans. Tell me what you think about it. Um, the first thing I thought of was just a bat out of hell in terms of speed. When he gets up to top gear, he's, he's essentially killing your football geometry, as it were. Because it doesn't matter if you have a pursuit angle on him or the correct tackling lane on him. He can just take it away by virtue of the fact that he's faster than you. And not a little bit faster. He's fast. And he's running away from people. Um, He also tends to make, like, cuts and jukes and spin moves look really easy. Because he's got these, like, loose, fluid hips. And he doesn't – he has a lot of dexterity in his ankles, it seems. Um, And for for a guy who is that fast, he's not, like – ill-equipped to run between the tackles. He does run hard when he's when he's asked to run tackle to tackle. Has this good ability to gear up and gear down. So when he's in these like small areas where, where he's condensed, he's able to either throttle up or pull back to try to make someone run past him and he can go get right back up to top speed and pull away. And he actually is probably one of the better receivers at this position in the draft class. Um, And he is pretty well versed in route running. Like he seems to have a pretty natural feel as a route runner versus another running back who we would assume is a great receiver that we'll get to later in this episode. But, you know, I really like Zach Evans, but there's obviously room for improvement. What are your thoughts on on him? Well, you know, in in the old NFL, I'm always thinking about this, Danny. In the old NFL, which was a lot more gap heavy, inside zone was the big zone run of the day, and everything played between the tackles. Zach Evans wouldn't really mean much to me, but that's just not the NFL we're looking at. It's not just the Bears. Pin and pull, outside zone, a lot of these zone or runs that are deliberately trying to stay away from the defensive line. That that's like Evans's bread and butter. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about a guy who's going to take a pitch on pin and pull and make the most out of it. Like to use a bears example, Danny, this is like a even more talented and toolsy version of Khalil Herbert, where all the things that make Khalil Herbert good at what he's good at, plus a lot more awareness in the receiving game, plus a better understanding of how to protect the passer. And plus, like we've talked about before, every single one of his steps contains a mild amount of burst. Is he a Mm -hmm. two cut running back? I think he's really more like make one cut and just go, but that's not a bad thing. In fact, that's a very productive runner at a whole lot of levels. The five star thing, frankly, I think makes him sound a little bit better than I think he is but he's a name (laughs) that i'm absolutely watching as we head into the draft because he can play and staying in the sec tell me about what you think of tank bigsby the auburn running back so tank was someone i was really excited to watch he was i believe the 
second running back behind Mo Ibrahim, who we'll get to later as well, that I watched in this entire running back class. And the first thing that noticed was the excel. I noticed was his accelerator. He gets from his gets to his version of top speed, his zero to sixty, and seemingly a step, step and a half, where he's just immediately at top speed. Um, again, same thing, not quite to the level that Evans does, but he does make football geometry harder on 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 incoming defensive backs and linebackers by just making pursuit angles harder than they need to be because he is getting to his top speed faster than most guys at the SEC level. The other thing that really stood out, terrific contact balance. When you hit him, you're not going to just – he's not just wavering and getting off of his steps. He is continuing to churn forward and go, go, go. But that's because he's a – well. like it's so funny. Like We were talking about a pre-show, Robert – that when you see the, all these guys, they're all like between 5'10 and 6'1 and between 200 and 220 pounds. And they're all like very similarly listed, but the way that their muscular structure is and how they're built as human beings is just couldn't be more vastly different. And the way Tank is built is he is really just solidly put together. Now, it's not I'm saying he's a bruising power back, as the name Tank would kind of indicate but he does have good contact balances and he finishes his runs hard and he he's actually pretty patient and instinctive but he does have his other quirks where he's got natural hands but he's not a good receiver really it it seems like most of his stuff came in the swing or the screen game and he's he's got really stiff hips and ankles like there's not he's not really putting together moves he's kind of just running and that's not entirely his fault like not you can't control sometimes the de- the dexterity rather of your body. Like there's certain things that you're just born with or not, or, or born without. And he, it's kind of like, I don't know how else to explain it, but like robotic kind of in the way I, the right. same way I uh, watched when I, when I evaluated Desmond Ritter last year as a quarterback, he felt very robotic. Like coach says ball here. Coach says, if not there here, the way I feel tank plays football sometimes as a running back is like, Oh, the play is designed to go to this, to the a gap. I must go to a gap. All right. It's like, uh, there is wiggle room there, dude. You can have some natural instinct and feel for playing running back. That being said, I really like tank. I just don't know what kind of premium you place on him when he's fast, but not game breaking fast. He lacks moves. He's, He's just not sexy, I guess. He's good, but not sexy. I feel like the hardest part about scouting running back Danny, coming from scouting tight ends, coming from scouting DBs, coming from scouting receivers so that I could understand the DBs, really starting to dig into running back tape showed me that in college, if you're a draftable running back, you are a very good football player. But also, there are like 11 others that are as good, maybe better than you. It's it's a bizarre position, right? When people mm-hmm. say running backs don't matter, they're talking about the fact that Tank Bigsby is an objectively good football player, but that stiffness that you're talking about is a serious mm-hmm. limiting factor when in 10 guys, he's probably got what? The ninth most fluid hips, the tenth most fluid hips in this mm-hmm. group of ten. I mean, when when you've got a red flag in your game, a lot of other running backs just don't. And that's not to say that I've got a huge problem with tank or something like you're talking mm-hmm. about. I think he's got legit vision. I think when you're battle tested in the sec, there's only so poor you could be at the next level. But I do feel like if you were looking for upside, you have to look somewhere else. Does that make sense? Well, I, I think he comes in and he's a contributing like, and it sounds so degrading, but like a short yardage 
you know he's going to get you three yards if you need three yards, right? Kind of thing. And it's like it's not it's not a knock on him. He's going to play in the NFL probably for four or five plus years, but he just lacks the requisite of something, right? The tools. And speaking yeah. of tools, let's talk about. Twitter's favorite running back, oh, Tulane's Tajay Spears, 5'11", 194, 22 years old. What do you think, Danny? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The Twitter draft darling. And I'll be honest, I like him. I don't like him the way draft Twitter does because I have questions and I've got issues, but to let's start with the, the absolute undeniable lightning in a bottle athlete that he is when he gets daylight. It's, it's like the old Gale Sayers quote. I need 18 inches of daylight. That's all I need. Cause if he gets it, he could go the distance. It's, it's fun as hell. It's like, there's nothing in terms of speed that he can't do. I think he's a smooth, fluid running back and mover. Like he doesn't really seem to have much issue flipping his hips or turning or juking or or making a move, stringing like stringing together moves like a boxer strings together a punching combo. Like it's just he's just able to do things with his body. He kills DBs. He it's one thing to kill linebackers in pursuit, but he kills dbs even because of that speed it's so funny when i look through my strengths of him it's all just different ways of saying he's just supremely fast and athletic (laughs) (laughs) um and i actually think he's a pretty creative like water bug type runner i have and this is this is where then it kind of flips i don't know if he's got any other gear but go fast as i can every single time he's not like the most creative in terms of I know how to throttle up, throttle down, make make this guy think I'm doing this, but really I'm doing – like setting himself up. This is how I run. This is what I'm going to do because it's worked my whole life. You know? Oh, yeah. So – and then the guy I was alluding to earlier, you would assume he's probably a really good receiver at running back, and that's not the case. He's got pan hands, as some would say he he's fighting the football. He doesn't really do much as a receiver in general. He was purely a running back and he's five foot nine and 200 pounds. Like that's diminutive for a guy who probably should be more of a, a receiving back in a stable of running backs than he should be taking carries the way he would probably have to given his skill set at this point in time. I'll tell you, 
that if there's one thing just to go to bat for him a little bit that I really think gives Tajay a chance going forward, it's the fact, and by a chance, I mean like where I think he differentiates himself from Mm -hmm. a lot of guys that sound like who you're describing is that he is fearless compared to guys his size between the tackles. And maybe most importantly, I've seen him as he presses the hole, he'll look to that second level. He'll find somebody that he can try to get or to pull into one say he's got a choice between a right side lane and a left side lane as he enters through the hole he'll try to pull the guy out of the out of the run fit so that he can then break loose and like you're talking about make a single a triple right even mm-hmm. a home run in some cases if he catches a break because after and all a- to his credit to to kind of like piggyback on what you're saying he's not one of these guys like Bijan was in one of his only if if his only negative, he doesn't try to bounce everything. Right. That's he does not. He is willing to take, oh, I'm supposed to be running a duos or whatever they're running on a given play. He is willing to run it and set it up. Mm-hmm. He and he is fearless. The problem with being fearless at that size is that gets you hurt. Yes. The other thing <laughs> that I'll give Ty J credit for is in the games that I watched, I mean, Danny, I was amazed at how many times I'd crack open a running back's tape. I'll use an example, Eric Gray, who we're literally right about to talk about. And I've sure. got seven total minutes of footage. And then I crack open, say, Zach Evans tape. And I have 19 total minutes of footage mm-hmm. because these guys are playing 65% of the game. And then you put on Tajay's, you got 35 minutes of footage because he was in the entire, entire game. game. And, I'll give a guy a major hat tip for being a true three down running back, even in college. Another thing, Danny, that I can't help but go to bat for when it comes to the human element is that when you're an SEC five star running back, when you're a, frankly, even a big 12 high or like big program running back, Mm -hmm. you have the coaches there that are already thinking next level that are telling you, okay, we got to work on your hands because at the next level, they're going to need it and we're going to need it here too. And it Tulane, I just don't know if a three star recruit has the foresight to be thinking anything other than I'm trying to be the best football player I can be. When I look at Spears, I think his route running gives him a path to being a very good receiver. He's not one now, but I'm not drafting him for who he is at 22. I'm drafting him for who he is at 24, at 25, and just like every other position. And so I think He's got a lot more electricity. That lightning in a bottle is hard to find. But like you're talking about, everybody keeps making him out like he's a slam dunk. And it's not it's not quite like that. It's more like everybody's favorite sleeper. It's it's funny because it's like you would think I'm talking about a sixth rounder. I'm I'm looking at my nose right now. I have a, a tentative late four on him. Like right. that's a that's a second day running back. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It's amazing how you could just frame it because you and I are essentially saying, like you said, the same thing, just in different lights. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And speaking of, let's keep moving. Let's talk about one of my favorite running backs from all the watching that I did today. I loved Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. I mean, I don't even know why I love him. (laughs) I just I just do. What do you think? You know what? I'm just going to give you the top strength I wrote down, and then I'll let you get into it after I yeah. get it, and I'll follow you up. But the the literal first bullet point on my little breakdown of him is barbarian, and I'll let you do with that what you will, and I'll let you go. 
but that's just the first thing I thought of when I was watching him play football. Honestly, after watching so much David Montgomery, and I'm just going to give everybody a trigger warning here because oh I don't hate David Montgomery. It's just why do you hate David Montgomery? Let's be real. The biggest difference between David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert is their first step. And if David Montgomery could have Khalil Herbert's first step, if they could share that first step, David Montgomery would already have a contract extension because there's so many other things that he does well. And so what first caught my eye about Gray is that he's got a great first step with the ball in his hands. Then he's got great ability to cut. Like he's got a one cut backs cutting ability, but he can do it more than once. Really, really wonderful, buttery smooth, 50 degree, 55 degree cuts. Get your protractor out and take a look at how hard a change of direction that is. And you'll see that that's a special cut and it helps him set up blockers really, really well. Then you get to the contact balance. Then you get to his ability to get skinny in the hole when things get really tight. I'll tell you what, Danny. He doesn't lack of, or he doesn't have a fifth gear. Sometimes I don't even know if he has a fourth gear, but he gets up to that like third and a half, fourth gear very, very quickly. He's not the kind of guy that's going to be out racing Roquan Smith in the open field, but I do think he's somebody that could slash in an outside zone setting, in an inside zone setting, and get you seven, 10, 12 yard chunks. And if you did pass the ball to him, because he has to me the the movement capability to be a good receiver, Oklahoma just didn't throw the ball much, at least mm-hmm. to him. He I'm I'm interested. I'm really interested in Gray. I wouldn't probably draft him before round four, but he's one of those guys that I would imagine that, oh, I bet I could steal this guy, make him a star. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so the way you described him at the end reminds me actually of another Oklahoma running back who everyone thought was like the next coming of if I could just get him in the fifth or sixth round, we could just fix him and we'll our NFL training staff and our doctors will make things happen. And that was Rodney Anderson. Now, I'm not saying player-wise. Rodney Anderson was much more of a home run hitter at the peak of his powers. And unfortunately his body betrayed him. And that happens a lot in sports. You know, as Chicagoans, we go to Derrick Rose as the tale of what might have been had those knees not betrayed him. But I digress. I like Eric Gray, just like you. And I let off with the barbarian statement. And then it's just like, I had this, he's this physical grueling punishing runner. And he's like you said, he's making these razor sharp cuts and they almost cuts that don't seem geometrically possible. Mm-hmm for him to maintain the speed he does coming out of them. But like you said, the, I think he does maybe have a third, third, third and a half gear in a way, kind of like Khalil Herbert is where he's like, he gets to top speed, but he's not pulling, 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 pulling away. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a chunk play running back. You can have a nice long career doing that. The next thing I had on my list was the first step, the first step giddy up and his stop start ability. He, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to lose much speed even when he's juking or or cutting. He just seems to be so naturally in tune with how he's supposed to run and his biomechanics in terms of how he gets to those speed. Um, but then the weaknesses, uh, top end speed, I don't think he's all that elusive. Like He's got his jump cuts and stuff, but I don't see him like making guys miss, as it were. He's just barreling ahead at times. But and then his age, he's 23. I think he'll be 24. His rook through some at some point in his rookie year. So I really like Eric Gray. He's probably my first or second favorite watch of the group of 10 that we're going through today because he's just it's pure enjoyment, like just of how, how he runs and the the aesthetic of which he runs. 
I, I can't help but feel like the one tool that Gray has to avoid people, he's got a nice phone booth juke where he'll hit you with a head fake one way and just slide his hips just far enough out of the way mm -hmm. that he can clear past you. And it's not that it's that consistent, but I mean, come on, Danny, you and I both know that the NFL running back isn't quite like it is in Madden, where it's as simple as just pop, 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 beating guys, breaking tackles. There are plenty of runners where if you can mm -hmm. break one tackle, that's the difference between 35 yards and a mere five at five. times in the NFL. But it's I, I'm very curious to see how Gray translates because he's somebody that even though I know he's 23, normally that'd be a no-no, Danny. But in the NFL, running backs got to contribute quick. If you're not mm -hmm. hitting the ground running, pun intended, I guess, uh, then what are you doing? And so somebody like Gray, I think, gets a bit more of a pass for age than somebody than he would say Bayless Jones. You know, we're all thinking it right, but <laughs> we got to move on. We got to move on. So let's get to one of the more interesting players in this class in Keaton Mitchell. Real small, 5'9", 184, three-star recruit coming out of college. What do you think? Um, Diminutive. Very, very itty-bitty. And it's funny because that's – I feel like that's how running backs are tending to go more, where you're trying to get these more receiving specialist backs. And the, the player comp I kept thinking of when watching him, because all, almost all of his damage is done out of the backfield as a receiver, not being split out wide, it feels like. And – it's like Theo Riddick, where if Theo Riddick was in the game for those like 2010s uh, Detroit Lions, it's like you knew he was going to be going out for a pass pattern out of the backfield. And there's nothing wrong. Theo Riddick had a nice long career. Keaton Mitchell is, I, I think, a little more game-breaking and fast coming out of Eastern Carolina than Theo was out of Notre Dame. And he, he's a, I, I, have, I think he's close to an elite-level catcher of the football coming out of the backfield and he has shown some run get, route running acumen where I think you can coach him up and make him more dynamic if you're going to do like the receiving first running back kind of thing versus whereas like you and I've talked about it David Montgomery is almost like a receiving first running back like that's his best trait is the fact that he's a really good wide receiver flat special he's not the most powerful running back but when he does take the handoff, he seems to run with a natural leverage and pad level to himself. He finishes his runs hard. It's not his fault. He's 184 pounds. You know, no. some guys just are slightly built. And you're right. But in the NFL, they don't really care how big and fast you are. If you've got the ball, they're coming for you. They're, they're going to kill you. Yeah, they're coming to kill you. <laughs> One thing that I want more of with Keaton Mitchell, and if he had this, I'd feel way more comfortable putting a guy who's literally lighter than Tariq Cohen out on the football field is jaggedness in his movement. Say what you will about Montgomery's first step. Every step he takes is relatively jagged. It's what makes him such a nightmare with the ball in his hands in open space. You functionally can't tackle him. Like, he's got such an incredible, he being Montgomery, first broken tackle rate because of that sudden jagged movement and Mitchell to me is smooth as it gets this is not a good thing 
You hear smooth a lot in football and you associate it with good things, but his cuts are not angular. They are round both in the receiving game from what I've seen and mm-hmm. the ball in his hands. And while that's fine at East Carolina, we didn't get the chance to see him in the SEC and we definitely haven't gotten the chance yet to see him in the NFL. And when Fred Warner's tracking you down, I think he can catch somebody who's cutting round, but that's, that's just where translation, honestly, I don't have enough experience, Danny evaluating quote unquote, the player, not the helmet. When we're talking about running backs because running back is a position where you just get chased no matter where yeah. you are and watching in the sec or even the big 12 in some cases is a little easier when i can say that's demarvion overshone that's nfl speed but when mm-hmm. navy is running you down in many cases what am i supposed to say and how am i supposed <laughs> to feel because to give him some credit mitchell's fast in a straight line yeah, in fact, yeah. i would say that all that lack of angular cutting comes from the fact that he's developed his body much like a sprinter it's just that mm-hmm. five nine forward sprinters in the nfl don't have as much of a place as guys like to use a deliberate example from our list zach charbonnet who's a bigger just as fast, maybe just a little less fast, but can do so many more things for you that, I mean, we, I know Charbonnet is going to get picked much higher, but you and I both know, Danny, at the end of the day, the depth chart is the depth chart and the depth chart doesn't care whether you were a UDFA, a second round pick, or whether you just got paid 15 million. It probably cares a little bit if you just got paid 15 million. (laughs) Unless your name is Matt Flynn, then Pete Carroll doesn't care. Yeah, Keaton Mitchell is the kind of guy that I think there's there's something there, but there's it's not. It's a hard it's a hard path because he's going to have to contribute on special teams too, and he's right, and he is diminutive. And the other things like kind of like to what you were saying, at that size, he has no ability to block or break tackles. Like I think people, I want to put this little public PSA, public service announcement out. When I say you finish runs, you can finish runs forward and also not be able to break a tackle. Keaton finishes his runs forward or does what he can. He, he doesn't stop churning his legs. He's never going to break a tackle because he's small. Mm-hmm. And and that's where the, the hard part gets. And he's not just little. He's rail thin. Like he is not a big football player. And, and then the big thing, especially for a guy listed at running back, Minimal, I have written down minimal inside ability, seeming lacking confidence. Mm-hmm. Again, it's another way of saying he's small. Mm-hmm. And he, you know what though? It's one of those things. Small guys know they're small. Like, it's not like, I always go back to last year because Jahan Dotson always will stick out in my brain as the guy who's 5'11", but plays wide receiver like he's six foot five. Mm-hmm. He, he, it's just, he's a rabid dog playing wide receiver. And it's like you can't make someone be, have that wiring if they're not if they're not a certain mentality, especially at running back where so much of your damage has to be done working between the tackles, and he can't do it. Exactly. But let's talk about somebody who does have that killer instinct. Oh. I mean, I'll tell you what, Danny. Mo Ibrahim is, I know that's a corny thing. Everybody's high, heard from their high school coach. This is a guy I want to go to war with. I mean, it's not about the tools. It's about how he uses him. Mo Ibrahim is a guy who I don't think his vision is particularly fabulous. Might be some of the worst of the guys that we've talked about. Similar to that, that football robot thing. Coach said ball goes here. Okay, said, ball is guilty. 
Coach said you're hitting the B gap, and he hits the B gap. And boy, does he hit the B gap. I mean, if he has the chance to set his guy up and try to get around him, he's going to. His balance is solid, but really his violence stands mm-hmm. out among a bunch of violent football players. This guy wants to hurt you. He wants to fight you. He that It's his identity. He's a little on the older side, but if you're looking for a late round contributor that's going to come in and give you a great first contract, I can't help but feel like Mo Ibrahim is the kind of guy, Danny, that especially if he develops a little bit as a receiver, because you know what? There's an inkling of something there that Mm -hmm. he could be the kind of guy that comes in, starts as your short yardage back, develops into your first and second down back, and maybe even captures himself a feature role. I don't know. You watch a guy play as hard as he does against teams like Ohio State, completely fearless behind a Minnesota offensive line, that yes, you had JMS, but you're obviously outgunned at times, and it's hard not to fall in love. It was him tied with uh, Eric Gray as my favorite favorite running back to watch. So my all-time favorite running back highlight in all of college football is actually at LSU with Leonard Fournette, where he takes the takes the ball around the outside, and instead of running out of bounds, you see him veer back into traffic, and he waves on the defender like, hey, bring it on. And he ends up getting tackled. Like, that's the best part of the, the highlight. Like, <laughs> he waves him on. He's like, let's go. And he ends up getting tackled. Like, you lost, but – I kind of dig it. (laughs) (laughs) And Mo Ibrahim has that same thing. Like if Eric Gray is a barbarian, this guy's a gladiator. Yeah. You know, he like, it's almost like, Oh, this is a gunfight, Mo. Well, I'm going to bring a knife because I just want to make this a little more fun for myself. And like you said, it's, he's no nonsense. He's, downhill he's actually got really soft hands he's not really developed as a receiver kind of like you were saying but he does have soft hands like he doesn't he's not ty j spears trying to catch a football or it's no. like like dude it's not like gonna hurt you just grab pluck it just pluck it out of the air not much in the way of moves he's a little stiff kind of like the robotic thing you were saying coach said b gap all right so b gap it is I'm not, I'm not gonna deviate this is what the coach wants right however one thing I do enjoy watching when he gets ahead of steam built up his straight arm or his stiff arm, whatever you want to call it. It is angry. It is violent. And it's like, he's trying to dribble the opponent off the ground when he, when he unleashes himself. And he's, it's probably because he is an older running back. He's surprisingly good as a blocker. Like he is willing to stick his nose and he'll punish oncoming defenders who are trying to get to his quarterback. Or if he's, if he is the designed run blocker for someone else, and just kind of like you were saying, there is an inkling of ability to be a receiver, not polished yet. It's just occasionally he caught a swing pass or a screen pass. He's his vision is black. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, if, but if Mike Davis can get drafted in the fourth round, so can Mo Ibrahim. Third round mm-hmm. might be a little bit rich, rich. for him, but I, I think the fourth round makes total sense. I really see Mike Davis. I mean, I have written in my notes to go to what you're saying about violence that like you get three snaps in and you're like, oh, oh, so it's like that. I mean, there are some <laughs> runners where it's he's playing football, and then there are some runners where their violence transcends the game, and you're like, are you doing okay? Um, but, <laughs> like, like, sir, who hurt you? Yeah, you. but you love having it. And let's get to our final running back, the 6'2", 225 Illini. Just one thing, kind of like I said earlier 
uh, when I forget who it was off the top of my head. Uh, he oh, I put uh, that Jameer Gibbs. I think was almost no, not Jameer Gibbs. It was Evans. I think was zone dependent. I think that might be an issue for Mo Ibrahim, where I think he might be almost exclusively power or gap dependent, where you can't ask him to put foot in ground and cut upfield. Like it's kind of right. just like we're running duos. Good. I like it. Duo, power, or, G lead. Like yep. a lot of things. ISO. How about just ISO? ISO. <laughs> <laughs> just the purest form of old school football. Here you go. Here's just a little halfback dive up the A gap. <laughs> Absolutely. And let's finish out with our 10th running back, a Chicago local kind of in that he played for the Illini. So uh, tell me about Chase Brown because I actually did not get to him. So Chase Brown, if if you said I could have any mid-round running back to fit with the Chicago Bears, it would probably be Chase Brown. I actually picked him in the very first rendition of the mock draft series Mason and I are doing over at Bear Bones. Um, he was actually one of Bruce Feldman's freaks list. I believe he was number 39 coming into the season on that freaks list. So he's apparently a pretty good athlete. We have, we don't have testing numbers or anything on him just yet. I know he was down at the senior bowl. You would, you could attest to what he did down there better than I could. But the first thing that really jumps off the screen, which is like the polar opposite of Mo is that his vision is impeccable. He's patient. He's reading the gaps and he's letting the, the blocks develop in front of him. And then he's hitting the hole. He's very anticipatory. Like when he makes his decision and he thinks it's the right one, he's going to, put his foot in the ground. He's going to cut up field and like, it's time to go. He is more, he's not really a developed route runner yet, but he is a, like, it seems like he was born catching the football. Like the way you watch him just pluck the ball out of the air. Like it's very just seemingly like second nature to him. Like just, Oh, balls in air. I'm just going to take this and, and secure it. This is mine now. And in a lot of the ways that Eric Gray was a very noticeable first step when he gets that it's like up, field go now um and he i think he could be scheme diverse but i would almost want him to stay almost exclusively like outside zone heavy um then you get to some of the weaknesses with him that i noticed good not great blocker contact balance is sometimes sketchy for a guy who's pretty well put together 511 215 pounds i mean but um and then he's Nothing about, like, he was on the freaks list, so I'm not wondering if he's an excellent leaper or something like that or just a weight weight room junkie, but he's not running away from people. Like, he's the consummate, like, hey, you got seven yards of carry, and it was legitimately, like, seven yards of carry or six yards of carry or whatever it might be. It's not like I'm trying to think of, like, a running back who it's, like, one yard, two yards, three yards, one yard, 76 yards. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like he, he ran for a hundred yards on 12 carries. Yeah. But one of one run was 78 yards. Like that's every running back eventually. Right. Matt Forte right. had a bunch of those games. Yeah. Um, but, and then the big one, which worries me is ball security. He had, I want to say six fumbles in 2022. Oh, wow. And that's, that's a problem. If you want the ball, you want to be carrying it between the tackles and running the outside zone and being a potential every down back. You got to hold on to the football. Mm-hmm. You want a good way to get into a coach's doghouse real fast? It's lose the football. <laughs> that That's my – like, I really like Chase Brown. Like, I think he was the third leading rusher in all of Power 5 football this year, if memory serves. So, And I know he would make the locals happy because we have such a large segment of 
Big Ten and Illini grads in the Chicagoland area. Right. The people love it. Collecting all kinds of golden domers and hometown heroes. Who doesn't want to? But Danny, thank you so much for sitting down with me, talking through some running backs. We'll get these grades posted on the board as soon as the board is up. We're still working on that. So thank you for being patient. But until then, folks, Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Let us know in the comments what you think about where we have a lot of these guys, and we'll see you in the next one.